What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, July 8th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 265. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great uh, time in between, short time in between. I was going to have this come out yesterday, and then I was like, you know what, man? It's been like literally only three or four days. I know some people are behind anyway. They don't even get it. So... I didn't want it to come out, uh, you know, too soon, so I waited to do it early on Friday instead, and then we'll be back to, you know, Wednesday night or Thursday next week. Um, I hope everybody's 4th of July uh, weekend was great. Uh, I know mine was, mine was a little over the top, probably the most fun I've ever had on a 4th of July weekend. I will share the epic, epic Verzi party that we had here. Uh, it's becoming a tradition. Some crazy things happened. Some cops showed up. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Everybody who was here had a lot of comedians here, a lot of friends, family, neighbors, and it was um, it was one for the ages. I'm not going to lie. It was like, I mean, people were just like, dude, that was a blowout. It was an absolute blowout party. There were different waves of dinners. There was fucking food every which way, every hour. Things went till seven o'clock the next morning. I mean, just an absolute insane and everybody kept their cool. It was so cool. Like nobody got silly. Everybody just enjoyed like the atmosphere. It was a really, really great party. What a party should be. So I will talk about that. Uh, the insane firework display, the whole thing. Uh, (laughs) when we get into the show, uh, NBA free agency continues to go on and the NBA continues to spend fucking billions of dollars on these free agents, uh, some worthy, some not for sure. So we'll get into that. I did see a movie, uh, actually saw two movies that I'll talk about, uh, today. So we'll have that part of the show a little extended. There probably won't be as many unacceptables only because... Actually, there's only a few unacceptables because of the quick turnaround. Um, but there's a lot more stuff to talk about. So, I have a great pact uh, and uh, crazy little bit of drama too. But uh, crazy uh, 265 installment of TVE for you guys today. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be. Wherever this podcast finds you. On this fine day, I don't know if it's hot or cold, I can tell you right now, I'm doing this podcast here in New York, and it is hot as shit. It is, I think, 93 and humid and awful. You know it's hot when it rains and things still don't cool down? You know, like it just rains and you're like, ah, now it's going to be cool because it's all muggy and all of a sudden the clouds come in, you're like, oh, we need this, we could sleep with the windows open, it'll be nice. Which I never do anyway. I just have the air conditioner going. But um, yeah, and then it didn't do that. It just stayed hot and steamy. It's been awful. So I'm sitting here in the central air enjoying that. Um, But uh, hopefully where you are, it's not as disgusting as it is here. But you know what? Everybody complains about weather, talks about weather. There's no fucking, there's no summer or spring. It's just been winter forever. When is the summer going to be here? Then it gets here and you're like, "Ah, I'd like to fall. I'd like it to be a little colder. Anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show wherever you are. Uh, Let's get to the sponsors. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow, uh, comedians that you know and heard of just giving amazing uh, interviews uh, out there in Chicago run by the funny comedian Dave Gavry out there. Check out Dave Gavry and his comedy. He runs Gonzo Fame. He's been doing it for a while, and it is a great website. Comedians like Doug Stanhope, um, myself, Joe Matarese, Big J Okerson, Hannibal Burris, um, Up and Comers. Just, it, it's just a great uh, podcast if you are a comedy nerd. And I imagine you are if you're listening to me. Um, Also, go to citylivingdog.com and City Living Services and Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers in America. I'm sure you guys know I got inspired um, because our guy, uh, Lloyd, our puppy, who is now no longer a puppy, he's about seven months. Well, I guess he's considered a puppy, but he's big. He's uh, a big muscle machine fucking athlete who runs around like an absolute animal. 
well, that's what he is. But I mean, I mean like an animal. Like he's not. He is like just domesticated. So I think Bobby Kelly was like Verzi got the first dog. Like he is a descendant from the first dogs. He's got that Portuguese shit. He's a hunting dog, and he is absolutely um, rare and to go. And uh, I got inspired by dog training and all that stuff um, because we got the dog. And Coach Mike was somebody that I knew from when I performed in um, New England area. And then I found out more about him. And then I watched the videos on him, and I saw what he does with these dogs. And like people, people were even telling me like he's gonna freak you out. Like what he could do in five ten minutes. I'm not even kidding, guys. I'm not even just saying this. Like, when I get sponsors for my show, I really want it to make sense and to be something that people are like, oh, that's awesome. And with what this guy does with dogs and what I've seen him do with dogs, you're talking about five, ten minutes. I saw a video that he showed, and he was working with this, like, chow chow or whatever, and the thing bit his face and, like, split open his lip. His lip looked like fucking, like, this dog got so violent and split open his lip and he didn't even realize how bad it was and there are pictures of it and it was absolutely horrible and there's a video of this uh, chow chow or whatever just like biting into this toy and shaking its head and biting onto things and just being absolutely like relentless and violent and aggressive and in that same video... Like 10 minutes later, Coach Mike has the dog sitting there, obedient, listening, and you can't even believe it's the same dog. Like, you would be like, oh, was that years of training? No, minutes. That's that's how fucking great this guy is and what he does. So, uh, my suggestion to you is, if you are in that area, and I know some people from the Verzi Effect podcast had reached out to Coach Mike. But if you are in that area, or even if you have questions, or you want to talk to this guy or whatever... Please reach out to Coach Mike. Go to uh, CityLivingDog.com. Okay, you can go to his YouTube videos. There's stuff on Facebook, Instagram, all of social media on uh, City Living Dog services. Go to Google, put in City Living Dog, and go to all of his stuff, and you can watch. You can watch three-year-olds with a pit bull that won't walk past them. That's how nuts it is. It's it's insanity is what it is. Um... What else is there? There's uh, some videos of like dogs doing like obstacle courses, like just how amazing stuff. So please check out City Living Dog and Coach Mike. You will not regret that. And if you're thinking about getting a dog and you want to see stuff, check him out. Uh, finally, the new sponsor for the Verzi Effect, or I should say the latest sponsor for the Verzi Effect, because City Living Dog is new, and uh, so is these. Uh, so is this one. These guys over at uh, Drink More Good. Uh, Drink More Good is an amazing erupting company in our country right now. And uh, what they do, the product is basically um, they produce handcrafted syrups and mixers um, from real organic ingredients, hand-crushed herbs and spices, fresh organic ginger, fresh organic citrus, and you can put it in seltzer and you kind of make your own soda and you get to decide how sweet and everything you want it. But there is absolutely you know, no preservatives, no high... Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, corn syrup, nothing like that. There's no, um, nothing is, like I said, nothing is artificial. It lasts up to eight months. Uh, you get uh, 12 to 24 servings out of each 12 ounce bottle, two to four servings out of each two ounce bottle. Okay, it's good for uh, cocktail recipes. Uh, also, you can use it uh, to cook with uh, syrups um, in uh, marinades and glazes and baking and all that stuff, okay? Their uh, retail store and production kitchen is located at 383 Main Street in Beacon, New York, so you can check that out. But there is absolutely, um, you know, nothing unnatural about this, nothing awful that you're putting into your body. And you make it, so me, like, I always talk about all of the sodas and stuff that I drink um, and the, and the ginger and the, you know, the, the citrus stuff, all that stuff is what I love. So another match made in heaven here. And these guys are such good guys that they, um, also partnered up with the, with, uh, a nonprofit gener- generosity.org and they funded, uh, five water wells through, uh, Ghana, Uganda, and Haiti 
These guys are awesome. So for more on that, go to drinkmoregood.com. You could see all of their flavors, all of the products that they have to offer. Like I said, all natural. And um, if you want for a 20% off discount, enter Goodmaker into the checkout. Okay, and check that out because this is a company that is coming and it is coming hard. Uh, also, All Things Comedy, go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcasts, your favorite comedy albums, which is All Things Records. Follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Go to their website, allthingscomedy.com. You could see a ton of podcasts on there, including myself and and everything like that, uh, Bill Burr's, Ari Shafir's, everything like that. It's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, site and place to uh, to listen to you know your favorite podcasts. Um, speaking of, uh, I'm gonna go through this weekend that I had, which was pretty nuts. Speaking of Ari Shafir, so here's what happened for you guys that don't know Ari. Ari is a hilarious uh, comedian. He hosts. Um, this is not happening. Comedy Central and. Um, you know, we basically, we have the same home club in New York, which is The Stand. And um, my good friend Joe Bartnick was also in town. And Joe Bartnick was um, hanging out and going, hey, man. I was like, you got to get coming to the 4th of July party. And every time we, <laughs> every time I ask him something, he just goes, are we in Inglewood? He always says, are we in Inglewood because of the uh, Pulp Fiction movie line. But uh, it's not a big party at the Versey House in, uh, you know, northern Westchester County if Joe Bartnick's not sitting on a couch, you know, holding a beer or, or a scotch. So we decide. So obviously the party that we had was on July 3rd because that was the Sunday and the 4th was Monday. I didn't want to have the big party on the Monday because everyone works the next day and we go hard all hours of the night. So the party, the night, is the 3rd which I'm sure most people did. I mean, I'm sure some people had get-togethers on the 4th, but, like, the 3rd's the big one. So uh, we were all on the midnight show at the stand. Uh, myself, Bartnick, and Ari, we were all on the midnight show. And uh, none of us were hosting it. We were all just doing spots on the midnight show, so we just waited for the last guy to be done. And then I was going to drive up the night before on the 2nd, but we weren't going to get home until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? So... And the whole week I was building stuff in the house. We got this amazing new fire pit, all kinds of stuff, just all kinds of stuff that was going on as far as getting ready for this party where a ton of people, like I said, friends and family and comedians and neighbors and, and kids and neighbors' kids and friends. It was just just a big one, right? So we don't get to my house until about 2.30 in the morning, the night before this big party, which we have to get ready for. And uh, Ari and Bartnick see the fire pit and they see the backyard and they were like, dude, we got to christen this thing. Let's get some logs and let's get a fire going and hang out. And Bartnick, of course, goes, I brought something. You know, I'm not coming to your house empty handed. And he pulls out this Templeton rye bottle, which apparently was like Al Capone's favorite booze. And it was absolutely delicious. Long story short, Ari, me and Bartnick are sitting around this fire till 7 a.m. in the morning before the blowout party. And then we got three quarters of the way down to the bottle and we're like, we're definitely finishing it. Now we're like making a pact. We're finishing this thing. And we're smoking sticks and we're drinking the rye and we're talking. And, you know, Ari's a city guy, so he's looking up at the stars because he's like an outdoor nut. So he's like, dude, we got to do, we got to do shrooms here. You know, just hilarious, and it was just fresh air, clear night. So you know, they they were just like blown away by the by the the the, out, the outdoors and this fire pit. Uh, then we start playing games. So it's like seven in the morning, and my wife gets up, and Bartnick finds like this big wiffle ball bat and wiffle ball, and they start playing. And um, Bartnick hit a ball like Ari just pitched it to him. They were just playing, and I was like running around the backyard. Our, and Bartnick hit a ball so far, it like it's like the shot that will live. Like it's like I don't even think it landed yet. It just went over my house, kept going. We never found it. It just it just is like it was one of those like it's like a myth on how far he hit this thing. So we're just laughing, we're giddy, we're hammered. It's seven a.m. Everyone's coming to my house at three, and my wife gets up, and now it's like the do or die moment. We're like, all right, she's either gonna be cool. Or freak out, and and I'm kind of nervous because uh, you know, 
she's just you know ready for things. She never met Ari Ari before, and he's at the house, and I'm just going, man, let's see what happens. And she was so fucking cool. She's like, look, I know you guys were up. I know you guys need sleep because the party's today. She goes, but things need to be done. So I need you guys to set the games up in the back. What did she say? Yeah, she goes, I need you guys to set the games up in the back. Just straighten some stuff up back there. And then all you guys just go to bed and you guys could sleep till like 1 o'clock or whatever. And then when you get up, you got to go get ice and do some stuff. And everyone's like, oh my God, she's the coolest. Like it was so cool, like what she did, right? So we... uh do the stuff, we like, we go into the shed, we get the beanbag toss out, we get the, you know, the can jam game out, and all these backyard games, we make sure everything is cleaned up, the fire pit's ready to go, and everything is just all perfect, the house is in great shape, we start getting coolers out to prepare them to put ice and all that stuff, and uh, we sleep, we sleep until one o'clock in the morning, I mean one o'clock in the afternoon, kind of pushed it to like one fifteen. got up, and then all of us go to the supermarket. Get the shit we need from the supermarket, fill up with ice, get ready to go, load the coolers up with the booze, and now we're just we're just expecting a monster party. And folks, when I tell you it did not disappoint, it did not fucking disappoint. It was absolutely nuts. Absolutely insane party. And I will describe it to you step by step right now, and it will not be boring. Okay, that's how good this was, but things got a little hairy, uh, so buckle up for this one. So, uh, around, you know, 3 o'clock, 3.15, people start coming, and the people that start coming early are always the people with the kids, you know, so like the 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock people, all the kids, my wife's best friend from high school and her four kids, and, you know, then the neighbors across the street. And her, my, our neighbor's sister and brother-in-law and their kids. And then my neighbor's best friend and their son. So everybody, all those kids start coming. And like we're just in the back and we're drinking and we're hanging out. And just slowly, you know when you're at a party, slowly people just start coming. So my older brother shows up. And then my sister shows up. And it's funny, we were all sitting in the back. And it was like me, Bartnick, my older brother, uh, Ari, my sister. Just a bunch of people. And we're sitting there, and then some comedians showed up. Uh, James Mattern showed up, and Giannis Papas showed up, and you know, um, Adrian Apolucci showed up, and Chris Italia comes in, and all these different people are, are there. And I just go, this goes from like a party goes from like 15 people who first get there to then you just turn around and you're like, oh shit, there's 45 people here. So everybody just starts having a good time. Everybody's got a drink. Everybody's talking. And the coolest thing about this party was strangers to each other. My neighbors obviously don't know comedians. You just saw everybody talking. Like Alexis Guerrero showed up with his way. Ravi Slovic and Casey Bolsham. All these people just showed up. And um, we're just hanging out right, we're just hanging out, and you see a comedian talking to my neighbor, and then you look over at the, you know, you look over in the yard, and there's, um, you know, just people kicking soccer balls, and throwing frisbees, and the dog was running around, it looked like, at one point, it looked like Central Park, people sitting around the fire pit, people in the patio, a bunch of people on the deck, then I start cooking, and I cook, I'm the cooker, at my party, it's me, I don't drink a lot. I didn't start drinking until 2 o'clock in the morning, really drinking. Like, I was sipping three, four drinks during the day, but I didn't, like, go until, like, like late when everybody's gone because there's three parties in one. It's the kids and the family and the games and all that. Then those people leave. Then around 9, 10 o'clock, it's, like, family and close friends and then, like, you, you know, my, my, my comedian friends that were staying, all my close friends, everybody, you know, then they start drinking and eating a little more and then the adults and the neighbors and start to leave and then it's just you and your tight friends and then that's when the bottles start coming out. You stay up till all hours of the night and you got to be quiet because of the neighbors and all that shit. So... Um, it, I, I'm cooking burgers and I'm cooking dogs and I'm asking who wants, well, who wants cheese? Anybody, how many does this person want? How many does that person want? Just like the whole thing, just the whole thing. And, uh, this one wants this, but doesn't want this. My wife had a hot dog station. So after you take your dog off the fucking grill, you walk over and there was chili, relish, kraut, hot stuff, cheese in a station that was plugged in and heated. All right, 
just nuts. I mean, it, you like people were eating. It was a hot dog on another level. Like you can't even get this shit at Nathan's. You can't get like the shit that was there was like unbelievable. Like I know a hot dog is just a hot dog. It's like relax. It's a hot dog. No, no, this was next level hot dog shit. All right. Um, did the secret with the burgers. Um, didn't do the sauce, but I did the secret with the, um, I did the secret with the, with the outside of the meat, which certain people know it really, I'll give you a hint. It smokes up the barbecue really bad, but it just tastes absolutely delicious. Uh, another thing you cannot do, you cannot get frozen patties. Okay. You don't get frozen patties if it's a real barbecue. Okay. Unless you have no choice and you're running out of time, you get pounds and pounds of raw beef and you make patties fresh like almost to order all right so I was in the kitchen making the patties getting them ready to go on the grill real beef my wife said I made them a little too big I don't care people had giant burgers cooked to perfection is what they had um so everybody's just having a good time everybody's having a good time now I will not mention names in any of the next part of this story, but things got absolutely nuts, and I'm not kidding or exaggerating with what I'm about to tell you. So last year, uh, last year when we had the party, we had very little minor shitty fireworks. Nothing that really got off the ground, just stupid fountain stuff, and the kids had sparklers, and I was afraid because they were like, oh, it's illegal, and then meanwhile, my whole fucking neighborhood starts lighting up the sky, and I'm the asshole, and one of my kids said something like, oh, man, this stinks, or something, and it gutted me, so I said, next year, when you come to my house next year, I don't give a fuck if I spend 10 grand, I'm lighting up the fucking sky, folks, fast forward to next year, which was last weekend, okay, and I had comedian James Mattern was laughing so much. He was like, dude, you've been telling me for a year you're going to... For a year. This has been sitting with me for a year. It was like when I didn't get the Montreal Comedy Festival the year before I got it. I just stewed in it for a year. And I said, I'm just going to have undeniable sets now. And I'm not going to give him a choice. And I'm going to get it. And I got it. I just waited a year. It sat in me. It was like the Spurs losing that game six to the Heat and then coming back the next year and winning it. I just waited. I stewed in it, thinking of the disappointment in my kids, all this shit. And now the day is here. And I've been talking for a year. I've been talking shit to comedians at comedy clubs. So you come to that party, you watch what happens. Now, unbeknownst to me, the person that brought the fireworks, I didn't know how big they were going to (laughs) go. I did not know... What was coming to my home? Okay, but I can tell you this. What came to my home belonged on a fucking barge somewhere. Okay, it was the shit Macy's uses. I'm not kidding. All right, now listen, I have land, but not enough for that. I mean, you needed fucking like 15 acres to even have this. It was nuts. So the person who brings it up says, hey, man, you want to look at these? And I look at these things in a garbage bag, and it looked like... It looked like we were going to like invade fucking Baghdad in 91. It just, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this going to be okay? It was nuts. All right. Absolutely nuts. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome. We'll be fine. We'll keep it away from everybody. So fast forward to nine o'clock starts getting dark. We start preparing. And I would say around like 940, um, was when we started, but what you got to do with the wick of all of the fuses is, you know, you have to kind of like scuff the edge to make it light easier, it makes it light easier, you just like scuff it with like a little knife, you just like get it all like ruffled up and ready to go, so we're doing that, I had to go get a piece of wood, and I went all the way down in my backyard and put some planks of wood out there to rest these fireworks on, all right, so we're, we're, uh, you know, we're out there and we're getting ready to go. And, um, you know, the first, uh, like batch comes out and everybody's sitting back and now everybody's under the patio and by the fire pit. And we start unloading these, th- <laughs> we start unloading this. Sh- I'm not even exaggerating. So the first couple we do are like just rockets and people are like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, and they don't realize what's coming. So, my stepfather comes down and he's looking at the, he's looking at this stuff and he's just like, 
man, I always wanted to do this. And he's just like, whatever. And then we let the first like cake go off. It was a fucking, it was insane. The cake is just like, there's just like 15 things fly up. It's almost like a finale. And we just set it off. Right. And it just, these things are going up and they're flying up in the air and they're exploding and crackling and coming down. And all of a sudden the yard starts erupting and clapping. And my stepfather just is going, this is, see, this is the great, you know, my wife said, this is what I do. This is like, he just, he's like, I'm doing, all right, next year I'm throwing in, I'm throwing, I'm going to Pennsylvania. I'm throwing, he just got like, everyone just starts getting giddy. And James Matter, the comic who I've been telling for a year, who's been laughing for a year that I was going to do this. He's standing next to us with a flashlight. And we didn't even have proper lighters. Like the lighters were going out. We're like using candles on these fucking gigantic things. So then we start doing the martyrs, I think. The the fucking things were just gigantic tubes. And you drop like a half a stick of dynamite in this fucking thing. And it shoots up in the air. And how loud it was, the whole place could not believe it. It was the shit they set off at Macy's. And it's going over my backyard. The dogs were freaking out. They had to bring the dog inside dog was like screeching I you had to hold your ears and it was so high up and you still had to hold your ears it was fucking insane thing just flies up this fireball flies up into the sky fireball and it just pops up in the sky right and all of a sudden boom and it sounds like the biggest bomb and then all of these colors and my whole backyard and the whole sky just lit up and we just start launching these fucking things, right? Then we're adding other cakes to it. And the whole thing is like, bo, 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 popping over. And I'm looking, and I'm just looking up in awe, and I can't believe how big it is. I can't believe how loud it is. Now, neighbors in the back were doing big ones that looked really good, but still not to the level we were, like, at first, I was like, oh, my God, like, we can't. Everyone's like, dude, those guys are killing you. And we just set it off. And it was, like, almost embarrassingly too much. Like, I remember the next day, Giannis was like, dude, the whole radius of your yard was just lit up. Like, it it was like, it was insane. And it went on forever and everything like that. And then we had the finale, which were like nine of those things at once. And the place went nuts. And it was insane. And it was the first time in my life as a, as a man, as a father, as a, as a, a party host to really be the people to do this. And I never had it. And you know, the, the people that, I don't want to mention names, but the people that brought it and where they got it from, it was nuts, it was amazing, but it was over the top, okay, I mean, these things were popping so big, it was just like, how is this, how do you have this, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what I was getting, I didn't know, alright, so, right when the last one gets done, they're like, oh, Paul, the cops are here, and, or, or at the end, we actually had more, but we didn't, you know, it was like the end of the big stuff, we had boxes of other stuff, and they're like, the cops are here, so I walk into the driveway and uh, two cops come down. Everyone's still at the party. The party's packed out with people. And the cops come down with a flashlight and the guy's kind of like smiles. He's like, all right, man, we got to stop these fireworks. He had a neighbor complain about the noise. And I kind of got pissed off because other neighbors were doing really big shit too. So I said, oh, yeah, did they call any other people too? You know, and they were like, ah, oh, whatever. I was like, which neighbor was it? And they're like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, and this shit was so loud it could be anybody. Uh, I had an idea who it was, but whatever. That's that's irrelevant. So the cops were like, you know, no more. We can't have you set them off. You know, we smell it. It's obviously going on. I'm like, look, you know, uh, we're done. That was it. A buddy of mine just brought some stuff. Uh, didn't really know what it what it could do. We're done. He's like, all right, blah, blah, blah. Let me see your license. Do you live here? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave. Then the class act that we are at my house the cops stayed outside and waited for a little bit. And we walked out with cookies and cannolis for the cops. We had cannolis from Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. One of the best places you could get a fucking cannoli. All right? In the world. Fresh cream cannolis. And we walked out to give it to the cops. Say, hey, you boys have a good night. You want some donuts and some cannolis? Enjoy. Happy 4th. But by the time we got out there, they had left. Guy called the cops on me. Cops came to my house to kind of stop the fun. And I still give them something. That's, that's what Italians do. I'm kidding, but that's what you do. Um, so, it was, people were like blown away by it. It was insane. Then we go back to the party. And the party just keeps going. And now it's 11, and now it's 12, and people are still there. Uh, you know it's a good party when my mom and stepfather leave when they left. They usually leave at 7 or 8 at a party. You know, they get there like 2 and 7 or 8. They stay till like 11. 
people, comedian friends, everyone there at 2.30 in the morning. We started grilling at 2.30 in the morning. More food. People brought cannolis and donuts. People brought fruit kebabs. They were making s'mores in the fire. It was a fucking epic, epic blowout party. Then the drama happens. And uh, the next day, the next day comes and uh, I'm walking outside and my apparently my mother-in-law and Stacy woke up, my wife, and they cleaned up a bunch of stuff and bottles away. So many people cleared out beers and stuff. And uh, without getting too detailed, uh, somebody approaches my home and starts talking about the loud noises. And then... Uh, I basically got threatened. You know, I don't want to go into detail, but somebody was talking about the noises. I apologized. I said a buddy of mine came up and there were things that I didn't realize what was going to happen. And I'm really sorry if there was any noise or if it, you know, bothered anybody. Being a gentleman, even though the fucking things went off before 10 o'clock on the 4th of July and I'm being a gentleman. And then it was just some weird things were said that I just don't understand. Some weird threatening things. And um, it's just whatever, something I'll deal with. It's in my neighborhood. Uh, the nice thing is my immediate neighbors were kind of over my house, so that was fine. But just uh, there was definitely some some weird stuff, and now that I have to deal with. and you know. But my unacceptable for the week is when you know shit you did was over the top and you apologize for it, and you're like, look, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't expect it. My buddy brought something from somebody that he knows. I didn't know it was going to happen. I'm sorry if it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then just people still being a dick, like still doing stuff, still saying things. And it's like, I don't get that, you know? Uh, so I didn't take light. I was almost threatened. And, you know, I don't know. This is definitely something that could have uh, legal things going on. So I can't get into it. But it was just an, uh, it was just a situation where I'm fucking being nice. You know, I'm being, I'm, I... Any, listen, anytime I do something, I'll be a fucking man and I'll say, look, what I did wasn't right. I, I didn't expect that. Everyone's having a good time. I just finished them off. Uh, you should have saw what some of my neighbors had. Some of my neighbors had a fucking show. Okay, you know, this was me and my friends launching shit into you that was definitely turned into a show, but I didn't know how big and incredible it was going to be. I didn't know how loud it was going to be. So I apologize. I apologize multiple times. And then after I apologized, the person's like, yeah, you know, it's one thing to have like rocket scope, but what you guys were doing here, it seemed, you know, seemed a little above and beyond. I know it was above and beyond. That's why I apologized three times. That's why I was trying to be a gentleman. I would, I would have walked to every neighbor's house that was upset with what I did and told them that I apologized. I didn't realize it. You know, we got fireworks that were a little over the top and I'm sorry. That's what I would have said, plain and simple. So it's absolutely unacceptable to do that and have people still kind of talking and still getting upset. Those are people that just want problems. I'm not, I don't want problems. You know, I've never one time had an issue with any of my the people in the vicinity of my block ever. Never one time. I never had a complaint before. I've never had somebody come over and say, you guys are too loud. And I've had parties here. I've never had cops come before. It was just one time where we fucking, yeah, it was like fucking downtown Beirut. It was like a fucking, it was like when, you know, it was like we were bombing a small country. I get that. It was it, it was a little crazy. It was a little too close. It was ab above and beyond the shit we were letting off, okay? But it was the first time anything ever happened. And when the first time happened, I've been here three years. I've had parties. I've had people here. Nothing ever happened. No instance. We never had loud music complaints. Nothing. And, and this shit happens, and it's like, dude, I'm, I said sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? You're right. It wasn't, but you're right. I apologize. What could I do? You know, and still just, like, being a dick and putting that fucking, like, well, we're not cool anymore thing. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't understand that. So that, to me, is unfucking acceptable all right? Grow up and be a fucking, you know, a human being and understand that the people that are apologizing for it, to anybody, this goes for anything and anybody. And I wish I could get into it more, but I can't because I don't know where this is going to go in the future. But it just is not cool. And that's unacceptable, you know? Sometimes there's people that just want to fight to fight. Sometimes there's people that just want to argue to argue. It's, like, it's almost like sometimes when, like, somebody confronts you and you're like, yeah, you're absolutely right. They don't know how to handle, they don't know how to handle it because they were so mad that they just keep their, no, no, this isn't, you know, I always tell the story about the time me and my sister were in a car and somebody cut us off and almost could have killed us. 
And I freaked the fuck out. And they pulled into a parking lot. And I flew right into the parking lot right next to him. I got out of my car. And the guy gets out of his car. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? And I was ready to fucking go. This guy could have killed me and my sister. And he was a, and he just goes, oh my God, you're right. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. You're right. I can't believe I did. And, and I was just like, yeah, because. And he was like, you're right. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm sorry. And he just, defe- and he's, yeah, yeah, that's it. You're right. That's it. It's over at that point. You're like, okay. You go from like, this is bullshit to, oh, the guy gets it. Because the guy understands. And when people aren't like that, it's unacceptable. That's my unacceptable for the week. Okay, I'm sure somebody's had a confrontation with somebody on a block that they live on or the next block or something. There's always a fucking somebody. And I could understand if there's an ongoing thing. I could understand if there's a spite thing. I could understand if it's two people just want, hating on each other and it's always a one-up and this and that and I'm going to win. And It's not like that with me. All right, I got bigger things to do. I got bigger fish to fry. I got more life to live than worrying about that shit. So I just apologized and it was still an issue. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, guys? That's it. People are like that. There's nothing else that you could do. But boy, was it nuts. And uh, yeah, we were up till 7 in the morning again. Just insanity. Um, let's get to your guys' unacceptables now. Hope you guys enjoyed that. But that's what uh, that's what went down. Let's see here. Okay. We are... What the fuck? All right, not many at all. So this is only going to be a few, and then we'll get to some other stuff. All right, let's sign out and get to the emails. Uh, unacceptables for TVE. Here we go. We got some repeat customers on this one. Okay, let's go here. This is from unacceptable from uh, Jason Travis. Hey Paul, my unacceptable for this week is people getting all butt hurt about your opinion on gun control. Let me be clear. I am a hardcore conservative. And as you can tell from my uh, unacceptable from a few weeks ago about the homeless guy at my back door, I'm a proud gun owner. I am also the proud owner of an AR-15 assault rifle. Now, Paul, while I don't agree with your views uh, that don't affect the way I view you as a person or as a comedian. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And that means you're a... You know, that means you fucking get it and you understand. And uh, I appreciate that. Um, People need to grow up. This country was founded on the principle of everybody has a say and that everyone has the right to their opinion. People need to realize that people will disagree with them. And that is what makes this country great uh, is we don't all have to agree. And to the people who stopped supporting you, Paul, because of your opinions and views, you're probably better off without uh, without them. They weren't real fans. And don't let them discourage you from saying what you believe, because even though I don't agree with some of the stuff you say, I will defend uh, to the death your right to say it. And even though sometimes you're... <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit of an ass. Sorry, couldn't help myself. You got my support for the long haul. Love the show, Paul. Keep it up. Uh, Jason E. Travis. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And the funniest thing, and what most of you people, when you listen to my show, I don't know if you understand this or not, okay? But I, uh, I am much more conservative than I'm not. A lot of people always joke and when they know that I'm a registered independent. They're like, oh, fuck you, Verza. You know you're a Republican. I used to be, um, you know, way more conservative. And then I was like, you know what? I see both sides, but I'm an independent. But I was at one point, I think I was even like a registered Republican when I was like younger. And then I was like, well, you know, let me just because I, I have views on both. And I was like, nah, you know, let me go independent here. Uh, where I see both views on everything, which is basically what you're saying in this um in this unacceptable, you know, uh, there is an opinion. Now I am all for people having guns. I, I am all for people being able to protect themselves. I'm all for people doing that. Um, what I simply said was, I think, especially like mental cases and, and people that, you know, I don't think it should be easy for anybody. I don't think it should be easy for anybody to get a, a certain gun. I, I don't, you know, uh, I well, like if somebody that, what, what if somebody is not you know, mentally sound, you know, I mean, my whole thing was this, you know, get a gun, but have testing for it. You know, if somebody's, you know, if you got a felony, you shouldn't be able to, I mean, if you have a felony for a violent crime, 
I, I think it's logical that you, you're not able to get a fucking semi-automatic weapon. I mean, that's that's just how I feel. And and if, you know, but if that's going to make you not listen to me anymore or listen to anybody, that doesn't make any sense, dude. It just, it really, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? What are you, what, what, what am I saying that's making you go, it's like, okay, you know, some people like the Giants and other people like the Jets. Some people like the Cowboys. I'm not going to not talk to somebody because I just have a, you know, some people like this. And I mean, I know it's a little different when you're rooting for a sports team, but like, I'm not saying anything is anything. I I don't feel that I'm saying anything that's, that's illogical. I really, I don't, I, I'm not saying anything that I think, you know, but I would debate it with somebody. And then if you know what would happen, and this is what a lot of people fail to do. And this is what a lot of people don't have the capacity to do. And what it is, is I could have a debate with you. I could sit down and say, look, man, I'm all for somebody having a gun, but I think if there's some mental history there or something wrong, they shouldn't be able to, they shouldn't be able to get any kind of gun they want, or they shouldn't be able to get a gun. If they're fucked up, if they have violent crime history, I don't think they should get a gun. I think there should be a law against that, you know? And then you have another disagreement with me about it, and then we agree to disagree, I'll I'll agree to disagree and then I'll cheers you with a beer and we'll sit down and we'll laugh about something else and we'll find a fucking common happy medium and then just go on with our day. You want to know why? Because we're normal civilized human beings who have the right and the freedom to do that. And, and it's awesome. And that, you're right. That is what makes America great. So thank you for the submission. And that's exactly what, what we're talking about here. You know? And, and you're right what you said. And I've said this before. Anybody that doesn't like one of my opinions... You know, somebody, people are still upset writing me about what I said about alligators. Where I was like, look, at the end of the day, I don't want to hurt animals, but like, if it comes between an animal and me, fuck the animal. There's people still writing me about that. There's people writing me about the alligators saying, remember what happened to the dinosaurs? Like, upset with me. Genuinely upset with me. Like, how could you say that? You know, fuck an animal when it comes to me or my family. How about that? If it comes to the well-being, I'll say this proudly, and if you don't like it, do me a favor. Leave my fucking show. Seriously, I don't want you at my shows. I don't want you listening to my podcast, okay? I'm going to make this very fucking clear for people. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Don't listen to my show. I don't give a fuck. I don't need you. Go listen to the next podcast. Go listen to somebody who fucking runs an animal shelter's podcast, not mine. I love animals. I would never hurt animals. But if an animal comes between me and the people that I love to fucking live and survive, fuck the animal. And if that means fucking rounding up 10 gators and fucking shooting them in the head, then that's what that means. I'm sorry. I know they're endangered. But you know what, dude? If there's people and human beings around that could be slaughtered and eaten by these fucking things, lace them all up. I don't give a fuck. Turn them into shoes. That's how I feel. I'm not saying they're not great creatures. I'm not saying that they should be fucking still there. I'm simply talking about, I'm talking about survival, okay? I'm talking about life. I'm talking about my children. These people are upset because a gorilla got shot. That thing could have fucking ripped that kid's head off, literally in front of people and horrified. And then what would have happened? And then everybody, oh my God, how could you let that happen? A decision needs to be made. And when the decision is animal over human, guess what, people? I'm for it, okay? I'm not going to watch a four-year-old get torn up because some fucking asshole is in love with gorillas. Sorry. I feel bad for the animal. I do. But that's it. That's life. And if people don't like that, if people don't like me saying that, leave. I honestly don't need you. I don't want... Listen, if you... I'm going to be honest with you this way. The flip side to what Jason just wrote to me about, oh, I don't care, you know, people have your own. I can honestly say this. If you can't agree with the logic that I just said, you're illogical. I don't need you. I don't need to talk to you. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because you know what people don't do? People don't put themselves in other people's situations, you know? It's always some asshole like, yeah, how can you do, how can you say that? How could you say that? You want to know why? Because here's how I could say that, you fucking dope. You fucking simpleton. Here's how I can say that. I can say that because I'm able to become the person and think about it from their point of view. You know how many people can't do that simple thing? I'm not even kidding. Do you know how many people cannot do that simple fucking thing of just honestly taking yourself out of you for a second? These selfish assholes. Take yourself away from you for one second. 
and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You know, that that's how I feel about that. I'm able to do that now. I'm able to not be as selfish. I'm able to understand that, you know, and, and I just feel like people don't do that. You know, it's very easy to have one sided thing. You can't talk, right? You can't talk about certain, you can't talk about abortion with people in a, in a gray area. You ever notice that? Try to have a conversation with somebody about abortion. 99% of the people you have a conversation with about abortion, 99 of them, there's either pro-choice or pro-life. There is no in between. And that's, there's like that with a lot of things. There's like that with a lot of arguments. You can't be, there, there is gray. There is gray in everything. You know what I mean? Think about it. I don't think somebody should use abortion as birth control at all. But like, I don't know, man. I just, there's certain things that I think, I think certain times there's exceptions to everything in life. And when, and, and some people can't handle that. Because you know why? They never put themselves in situations. I'll give you an example. I'm not going to go too far here. I can't do it. But I've known people who have had, who have, who have, and I'm not, obviously can't use names and shit. But I know people who had a stance, a political stance, whether it be abortion or, or, you know, for or against gay marriage. I've had that. And then when the opposite of what their view is happens, they, they, you know, I've seen them change because it happened to them. Because that's what people do. So all you people that want to write, they're saying that I'm against animals. It really doesn't make any sense. I did that pit bull joke. I did that pit bull joke on my album. And I and, and there's a pit bull joke if you search. If you go to Google and you put Paul Verzi pit bull joke. And you could see me doing this bit from... Uh, you could see me doing this bit from Cincinnati. I was at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. And I do this pit bull bit. And somebody saw it on YouTube and said it's disgusting. I bet you he kills dogs too, like I was Michael Vick. Because of a fucking joke, dude. That's unfortunately when you're in the public eye, when you're in show business, when you're a comedian, which I am, okay, I'm all those things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in show business, man. This is what I do. I'm out there. My material is out there. My opinions are out there a lot of the times. And I'm an honest one. So for me, it's even more. And I'll have to deal with that. But there were people that saw that and were like, he wants to kill, like, that's what I'm dealing with. He wants to kill pit bulls? Because I did a joke? He would kill pit bulls. I bet you he beats his animals. It's like, are you, are you fucking, do you not understand, like, that this is a joke? And let me ask you this, people. When I do a podcast and I talk about fucking killing all the alligators around me and my family because I don't give a fuck because they're not going to get us and, it, and we're above them if I have a weapon or whatever it is. It, like, first of all, when is that situation going to happen? Number one. So if you can't read between the lines that I'm even joking or making a statement, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I do I, uh, come over humans and over the people that I care about. I'll fucking kill them. I don't, I mean, I would have to kill them. I wouldn't care. You know, like that shit that happened in Florida. Like I don't, that I don't care about that because, you know, I'm not going to let anything happen to the people that I love. Um, but it's mainly a fucking joke because when am I going to be in a situation? It's going to be a dark fucking day for me if I'm ever in a situation where I'm surrounded by crocodiles and fucking alligators. And I fucking, you know, hope to God I get out of there. But like, I'm, it, you know, but the fact that people are writing in, say, it's really ignorant. It's really fucking stupid. It's like, don't you understand that this is a show and I'm fucking talking and I'm spitting shit out and I'm going off the top of my fucking head sometimes too. You know, it's just people just are, are so fucking dumb. Honestly. And it just is. I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, but probably like 15 or 20% of my listeners are fucking dumb. And I want to get rid of them. I really do. I want fucking smart, down-to-earth people. I want the people that understand me and know me at my shows. If you're a fucking dummy and I upset you, don't listen. I'm, I fucking do this for free. Do you fucking assholes understand that? And when I say assholes, I'm talking to certain people. Do you guys understand that I do this for free? I don't need to do this for you. You know, I don't. I don't fucking care. Okay, you go to your fucking job and do your day. I, I do this for the people that understand me. And and when you don't, it's just like Jason said. I mean, don't, you know, you, you're not a real fan anyway, if I'm going to say something. It's just, it's so ridiculous. So if I say one thing one day, too, that, you know, conservatives agree with, with agree with, they'll love it. 
But then the other day, if I say something that could serve as don't agree with, I'm not listening anymore. I, I don't like that. I liked what he said two days ago, but this day he said this. So fuck yeah, I don't like. He's a dummy. Verzi's a dummy. I'm gonna I'm gonna write him. It's it's like you're you're just a dope. Anybody that only associates themselves with people that they think exactly alike with is a fucking dope. You know. Sometimes I think Donald Trump should actually put himself in other people's shoes too. I'm not trying to get political here because I can't stand Hillary Clinton. I think Hillary Clinton is the fucking worst. I mean, I thought I wasn't an Obama guy. I would take Obama for another fucking 20 years compared to this fucking chick. I can't stand her. I could see her lying. I've had a gift since I've been young that was given to me from my parents. I could read people and I could read them well. And Hillary Clinton's a fucking liar. She's just a liar. She's a fucking liar. She'll do anything, dude. And those transcripts of her treating her secret service like that, saying, oh, it's bad enough I got to hang out with you all. You got to be around all day. Don't fucking talk to me and all that shit. Dude, you got to read that. There are things that she said were like secret service, were like trying to do stuff. And she's like, ugh, get the fuck away from me. It's bad enough. You can stay at least 10 yards away from me. And like all that shit is true. She's a fucking, she's the worst. But what sucks is Donald Trump is not a rational man. And he's not a man that puts himself in other people's shoes. And he's not a humble man. And that's exactly why I'm not fucking voting. Because he doesn't understand that people, immigrants that come to this country, that work hard and stuff, and they're going to get shipped away because of him and shit. And sometimes it's like, he's just not... I said, man, as far as I feel about immigrants, you you know, until you have a lawn or a yard, you don't know how amazing they are. (laughs) All right, moving on. Thank you, JC. You just made me go off on a rant, but you know what? I think it was good radio. And it's how I feel. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ. We went, okay, here we go. Wow. Uh, here we go. Matt Craig, unacceptable. Hey, Paul, longtime listener from Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Canada. I have an unacceptable for you and your listeners. I remember an unacceptable from episode 259, I believe, about a baby being put in an Uber cab. Yeah, that was the worst one ever. And left alone with the driver. I have a very similar scenario to tell you. I was on a family vacation at the time in the Rocky Mountains. We decided to go to a lake nearby where we were staying. When we arrived, we got settled on the beach near the water. There was a floating dock where a couple with their son, was hanging out and chilling near the water. We chit-chatted briefly with them uh, and was checking out the uh, uh, fishes in the water. The parents then started to walk away and look back at their three-year-old son and said, we will be right back. We need to change clothes. The son said, okay, and... I'm sorry, this font here is small. The son said... The son said, okay. Uh, That is so weird. They're looking back at their three-year-old son and just going, we'll be right back. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, All right, I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll start this uh, sentence over. The parents then started to walk away and look back at the three-year-old son and said, we'll be right back. We need to change clothes. The son said, okay, and continued to stare at the lake and the fishes. Uh, my consensus made me think of the lady who dropped her kid off in the Uber vehicle as the parents disappeared around the corner. I stared at my wife and made a comment. Will we see them again soon or did they just ditch their kid? We continued to stay at the beach and watch the three-year-old again, uh, a three-year-old boy play with uh, one of my nieces. There was no other people on the beach itself, so there was no way of another relative to be watching this three-year-old. One hour passed by, and finally the parents showed up. What? To get their kid. What the fuck? An hour? You left your three-year-old with complete strangers for an hour An hour near water. As they both walked up, I stared at them and shook my head. They acted as if nothing happened, and it was okay to do what they just did. No thank you, no sorry, as uh, as Canadians like to do. No nothing from the parents as they grabbed their kid and went onto the boat and took off. Paul, these animals should not be breeding 
whatsoever. Put them in a separate cage away from each other and throw away the keys. Ha ha, keep up the good work with the podcast and stand up. Matt from Canada. Absolutely brutal. I mean, it's just absolutely brutal. And then it makes you wonder, like, you know, and, and all these stories make you wonder when you hear something awful on the news. It really does come down to, like, you know, parents like, oh, four-year-old fell in water, parents couldn't get him. It's like, how? How is anybody falling into water? How is anybody getting lost? What I mean, what are you doing, people? I don't know. I just don't understand what you're doing. You know? Like, how, how do you just lose somebody? How do you lose your kid? How does your kid fall into water if you're being a responsible, smart adult? I just don't understand how that happens. How can you walk away and say, well, we'll be right back, and you just leave a, a three-year-old out there by the water? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Thank you for the submission. Uh, okay. Uh, and then I'm going to do a movie review, and my little boy is going to be is going to do the review with me. Right, Lucas? No? All right, he doesn't want to do it. All right, here we go. Uh, we'll do the. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. I'll call you over. All right, this is the last one from uh, Robert Thompson. Hey, Paul, I'm going to make this nice and quick. I ran into this article about why men are annoying in the workplace. Everything about this article is ridiculous, but I attached it just a couple of uh, screenshots of opinions from women for you to read. I especially find this uh, Britney bitches story, the most unacceptable as I don't see how this is annoying. This means either she's psycho or maybe we are all annoying and we don't even know it. Uh, anyway, images attached. Okay. Let's see here. Let's see here. All right. So this is, okay. So Tanya, I try to keep, Okay, so this is this is what the person at the workplace, Tanya, said. She says, hold on a second. What's the problem with this stupid thing? I can't open this. All right. Um, all right. I try to keep most of interactions with coworkers like crack jokes, be playful. Men don't seem to know when to stop with it, though. For instance, I can joke around with my female colleagues, but they know when to switch it off in a meeting or during some serious discussion. Whereas men will continue to take liberties and fuck around even when they've got a bit when they've gone a bit too far. Sometimes they use humor to undercut and embarrass me. I hate it. You know something? Then then I mean then maybe the guy's just a dick. How about that? You know, maybe the guy just sucks and he, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it, to, to categorize this as this is why men are annoying in the workplace, because there could be another article about how women are annoying in the, in the workplace. But let's let's um, let's keep going here. Uh, this Laura says, I find men are more prone to annoying outward behavior, uh, outward behaviors like chewing very loudly at their desk, drumming on the table, or wearing their headphones half off while blasting music. I've worked with a woman who has had an issue uh, with any of these things. Wait, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, whatever. I mean, again, this is just such a biased, silly, unacceptable article. Thank you, Robert, for the. Uh, Thank you, Robert, for the uh, submission. Okay, and let's see here. What else? Okay. Uh, here we go. Brittany says, when they sit in meetings very far away from everyone else with one ankle on top of the other knee, it makes me want to die. Also, they're doing this as they lean back with their arms crossed. I call it the men in the meaning. Mem oh, my God. And it sucks. What? What? That's just so. Oh, oh you oh you jumping in now? My son Lucas is here. You jumping in now? No. What you want to talk about the movie? movie? The movie that we saw. What? Okay, so I'll get to the movies real quick before. Actually, hold on. I'll read two more and then we'll be done. Jane, I've noticed that men. Jane says I've noticed that men tend to interrupt more that the volume of their voices increases when in conversation as if talking louder will make them be more understood. This is, yeah, I'm not even reading these anymore just because these people are ridiculous. Um, yeah. 
It's ridiculous. Uh, thank you for the submission. This is just the fact that there's an article about why men are more annoying at the workplace. I mean, if a man did it about women, it's just so ridiculous. How about the woman that doesn't talk to anybody because she thinks she's too cute to talk to anybody? How about the woman who is always crying and emotional and has an issue and has to run to the bathroom? How about the woman that, you know, is, you know, hygiene is not up to par? I mean, it's, it's a million different things. It's a million different things. Thank you for the unacceptable zone. All right, now moving on to movies. Uh, I took my kids to see um, Big Friendly Giant. I took my son Lucas and my daughter Sophie to see The Big Friendly Giant that Steven Spielberg directed. And uh, it was really cool. It uh, took place in uh, England. And uh, it was about a little girl who was in an orphanage. And she sees something. She's told not to look out the balcony at night and everything. And she sees something. And it's obviously this giant. And he sees her see him. And he takes her. So Lucas, come over here. Come over here, buddy. So my seven-year-old son, Lucas, is here. Just real quick, come on. So what what did you think about the movie? From a seven-year-old's perspective, what did you think about the movie when you saw it? Did you Was it boring? Did, did you like the story? Was it awesome from beginning to end? What do you think? It, it was kind of boring, but it was also kind of um, a good story. I think that that is a perfect answer. I think you did perfect with that because I watched it and I thought that some parts were a little too long and boring. But at the end of it, it really was a good story and it made you feel good at the end. And it was pretty cool to, to watch, right? Yeah. Were there any scary parts of it? Or? No, not really because it was kind of boring. It, it was not really, it was boring, but there was no scary parts because it wasn't really, because it was kind of boring. Yeah, so you think that if there was some scary parts, it would wouldn't have been as boring. They could have done a little more scary. Yeah. Okay, cool. What was your favorite part of it? Mm. Other than the candy. The farting. The farting. Yeah. Oh, with the drink. Yeah, with the dogs. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'll tell the people. So, the giant drinks uh, like a sudsy drink, but unlike the regular size people. Uh, the suds go down for giants instead of up. Like when we have like a seltzer, it goes up and we burp. With giants, it goes down and they fart, and they're giants, so the farts are absolutely incredibly massive. And he gave it to the queen, and her dogs drank it, and then they farted, and when they farted, they like flew across the room like a rocket. And that's what made us laugh and uh, and like it. I will say this, a little, a little long, and there are some stretches of boredom, but really good story. No, 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 no. All right, one sec. My son wanted me to say something, but no, it's not appropriate. <laughs> um, no, but like it was parts that were just really long and boring, and then there were parts that were like really good, but at the end it was a good story. So I would say save your money for the DVD, but not bad. But I can't 100% endorse it and say it's the best like, I remember walking out going, that was a really good story and really good, good. it was good, but long. And and there were the stretches of boredom were too long. Uh, I also uh, saw Fear of 13 on Netflix documentary, which is amazing. I don't want to give anything away other than it was a death row inmate who was on death row for 21 years telling his story, and you would not believe it. Me and Bartnick sat up and watched it, and we could not believe. Like, it would be an insane movie. You just cannot believe the guy educated himself. He read like a thousand books, went to college while he was there. He's an amazing storyteller and he relives his experiences and you just go on this roller coaster ride. It's insane. It's insane. Um, so I would check that out called The Fear of 13. It's a really good one. It's different. The ending is amazing. And, uh, you know, the it, it was it was one of those things where every decision this guy made had such a big impact on his life. Even from when he wrote to the judge, like, to, to when he uh, made a decision, like, with cops and stuff. I just, I, I don't want to give it away. Just check it out. It's called The Fear of 13. And it's on Netflix. And it was uh, really good. Really good. Like... Once it gets going. So uh, check it out. It's called The Fear of 13. And I think you guys will really like it. Um, all right, sports real quick. NBA free agency uh, took a crazy turn. Dwayne Wade to the Bulls. 
which is I didn't expect that. I thought he would go. I thought he was going to stay in Miami or you know go to the Knicks or Bucks or the Knicks give him like a two year deal. I don't care. He's 34 years old, so it wasn't a long term thing anyway. But uh, that's a pretty shock. Pretty shocking that he went to the Bulls, but I, I, maybe not because he's from there. I don't know. Um, but the money that's going out. We also Knicks got Courtney Lee, which I like. So here's what Phil Jackson did. Now we went from 17 wins. The first year he was there to 32 wins last year with Przingis being drafted. Now we have Robin Lopez substituted with uh, Joakim Noah. We have Jose Calderon substituted with Derek Rose. We have Courtney Lee shooting. We just signed a kid in Spain who was Porzingis' friend. We got Brendan Jennings to back up at point guard. All these amazing things uh, that Phil Jackson did. I think we will win 46 to 40, 46 to 50 games next year somewhere there and win the first round of the playoffs, which you know what? I'll take that, and we'll see what happens and what pieces we put together, but I think they're going in the right direction. We're going to obviously have to compete with the Celtics, but uh, I love it. I love the free agency uh, thing. It's really exciting. It is. Just go to my uh, ESPN app on my phone. It's great. Um, uh, and that's it. Basically, guys, plugs. Go to my website for um, any new dates. Uh, also, guys, if you're in the Arizona area, I am going to be headlining the Tempe Improv on Wednesday. And I'm plugging it now just because it's only a Wednesday. And it usually is definitely one of those things that are tough. Because, um, you know, Wednesday's a weekday. It's my first time out there. Who knows what it's going to be like. But it's uh, Wednesday, September 21st. I will be headlining the Arizona uh, Tempe Improv in Arizona. Um, also, September, I'm going to be doing comics at Mohegan Sun with Joe Bartnick, I believe, on the 9th or 10th. Is that September? Uh, yep, September uh, 9th and 10th there. So check out more dates. Uh, PaulVerzi.com. And um, that's it, guys. For uh, any kind of updates on things, you could uh, check my Twitter, at Paul Verzi. I'll be tweeting out some stuff and some dates, going on Facebook, uh, posting any new new dates that come in on the website, of course. So check that out. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the show. And until episode 266, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.